Look at Open Door Bible Baptist. I'm going to have trouble with that. The church. Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of uh, uh, the book of Matthew, the 23rd chapter. Matthew, the 23rd chapter. And the Bible tells us in this uh, chapter of the Word of God, Matthew, uh, Matthew 23. And the Bible says in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, and it tells us uh, some things here that I think we need to see and we need to look at. And, and we look at the, uh, the, this chapter. Let's go to the 8th verse. And, uh, well, let's look at the 7th verse. And greeting in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. And it's, here they was talking, and they was talk, talking about the mocks of the Pharisees. We have the same problem today. We have the same problem today in the ministry. Uh, sometimes uh, we exalt men. I think men need to be respected on what they do, not on some uh, title that somebody gave them. Amen? And we see here, Be not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and ye are all brethren. And call no man your father upon earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that uh, is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Father, add thy blessing upon the reading of the word of God. Use the word of God to encourage us and strengthen us today. And Father, may you just guide and direct and use this message to help this church to grow and to be a better church as we serve you together for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Let's look at this a little bit. And it says here, uh, it says, Neither uh, be called master, for one is your master. Then the next verse, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. I think we need to be called servants. I think pastors need to realize they're servants. Your pastor does. That's the reason he is a servant. I mean, how many have been here when he's been building and doing things? Servants. We're servants. Not some big muckety-mucks. And as servants, we lead. We lead as servants. And, and then it goes on, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord. And the master of this church is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. Glory to God. The master of the church. And then the next thing we look at, we need to look at, is the book of the church, or the manual of the church, or what we, what, how the church is run, and, and the thing we need to run a church. How do we do it? I mean, you travel around New York City. How many churches in New York City? How many isms, schisms, and cults are in New York City? How many places that call themselves churches that are not churches in New York City? What makes a church a church and not a church? A church is a group of baptized believers, meaning in a local community, carrying out God's great commission of winning souls and discipling, baptizing believers and discipling Christians. And a church is a, a place where the ordinances of the church are practiced, baptism and the Lord's Supper. That's what a church is. And we have a privilege to be part of it. The church is not this building. I remember this church. Where did you meet before here? In the back of that bus? Amen. You know, I had a guy one time, uh, uh, he was thinking of planting a church. He was trying to help. In the city here, I won't mention his name. And he said, why don't we buy a bus and just drive around and preach on it? It might work, but I don't know. I think it might not work either. It'd be a little expensive. And how many people? You have to limit it at 66 
uh, people or something. But seriously, we run the church by the book. By the book. Uh, I know I, I like to fish. Everybody knows I like to fish. And I have, a, I have some outboard motors. And I got some manuals. Don't know a thing about them, but I have some manuals. to know. And, and, and in the manual it says troubleshooting. And you go through the thing and the thing still doesn't start. But, but the, church, the Bible has how, to, how we operate our churches. We have this book that we can use. Uh, this book that's inspired of God, uh, inspired in the original and preserved in the, in the King James Bible. We have the Word of God in 2 Timothy, uh, the third chapter. Uh, we see there was a man named Timothy, and he talks about Timothy. And the, uh, he says, and from a child thou hast known the Scriptures. I think we need to teach our children the Scriptures. We need to teach them in the home. We have to teach them in the church. We need to bring them up under the hearing of the Word of God. And uh, from a child thou hast known the Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto what? Salvation. And through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I think we need to guide our children. I think we need to guide them to trust Christ and not guide them just to go through the motions and become Baptists. Like, uh, we need to guide our children. And then it says, all scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration, God breathed. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God, and that's talking about the people of God, not just men, that the man of God may be perfect. That word perfect means complete. It doesn't mean sinless, but it means, means uh, uh, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We have a, uh, and we have this book. And this book needs to be studied. On the next page back, uh, the second chapter, the 15th verse, the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, taking scripture in context. Not taking that out of context. Hey, you know you can prove anything from the Bible? Prove anything from the Bible. Where's Andrew? I want to pick on Andrew a little bit. Andrew, the Bible says uh, Judas hung himself. Is that correct? The Bible says in another place, thou goest do likewise, doesn't it? And the Bible says, what thou doest, doeth it quickly. So I'm going to misquote scripture. Andrew, uh, Judas hung himself. Thou goest do likewise, and what thou doest, doeth quickly. So what do we do? Jump up and throw a rope over that chandelier and jump off a pew and swing in the, out there? No. That's mis taking the scripture out of context. You take it in context as you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to keep it in context and go by the book. The mission of the church and the, and the responsibility or the service of the church, what is the service? Why does Open Door Bible Baptist Church exist? You know what it exists for? That you can come here on a Sunday morning for Sunday school, on a Sunday night uh, for church service, on a Wednesday night for prayer meeting, that you can, and anything else you've got around here, that you can come and learn the Word of God That'll be part of your life and, and you will be trained that when you meet others in the street, you will have the Bible knowledge to be able to show them the way of salvation. Now, when I first got saved, the only thing I knew was salvation. I knew how to get saved. That's all I knew. And I knew the 23rd Psalm. And the only reason I knew that, I went to Sunday. My grandmother took me to Sunday school. And I was a bad boy. And the Sunday school teacher made me go out and memorize the 23rd Psalm. So I knew that. And that's all. But after I saw what the plan of salvation, I started showing people the plan of salvation. 
They asked me anything else. I said, I don't know, but my preacher does come to church when he'll explain it. We give our lives. And we, we come to learn, to go out, to reach people, to get them, get them saved and get them here at, uh, at this church. Hear the word of God. That's the Great Commission. Great Commission is to get people saved, get them uh, baptized, get them taught in the word of God that they can serve. <clears throat> that is our responsibility, our mission, <clears throat> and the mission of, the ch- of, of this great church. Now, what is the motive? Why do we do it? Why do, why do we do certain things? Why do we do certain things? There is a reason to do things. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you ladies had supper for your family tonight? Would you raise your hand? Nobody, nobody did? Or are going to have family, or going to plan supper? Well, how many had supper for yourself tonight? Oh, that's good. You had supper. Now, now, you walked in, you walked in and sat down and the supper jumped up on the table. Unless you went to a restaurant. I had a very good supper tonight. I really did. They were the Montoros. And that's, I had a great time. Have a great time with those kids. They're great kids, aren't they? And except that Andrew. I'm trying to straighten him out. <laughs> Pick on Andrew Knight. You got that, Andrew? He's my, he's my buddy. We go camping together. But seriously, uh, we, we do certain things for certain reasons, right? We change the oil in the car that the car will run and won't uh, 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 say lubricated. We put gas in it so it'll, it'll turn over and run. We do certain things at church that we can reach people and help people. And that's the reason. And we do it because, and the love of God. We, we serve the Lord Jesus Christ because we love God and he manifested himself for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And when you got saved, you were indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God and you need to love this world and the people in this world and get them saved. And, and, and you know the beauty of the beauty of living in Queens and, this, and the borough of Queens in New York City? You have more different ethnic groups than any other place in the world, I think, isn't it? And you can reach them. You can reach them. I'll tell you something. That's, I'm, I'm burdened. I, I got to learn something. We need to know how to reach Muslims for the Lord. We're gonna learn, I, I'm teaching a class at the uh, New England Baptist College on uh, 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 various uh, the, uh, world religions. I'm teaching the class different than a lot of teachers. I give them what these people believe, and then I show them how they can sit down and show these people how to get saved. You know? Now, Hindus are easier. They'll listen to you, you know. Hindus will listen to you. And, and you but Muslims sometimes, we need to pray that we can reach them. You need to pray. And by the way, Brother Montour, I want to come over here this summer and do some street meetings. I want to get back into that. And you need to do it too. It's, it's, it, you go out there, you're scared stiff. I mean, you are so scared. I remember I was on Times Square with a friend of mine, Art Williams, uh, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, and I was so scared. He said something I couldn't even speak. It was, it was down in the financial district. I couldn't even speak. And I'd been in the ministry 20-something years. You know, but boy, once you get doing it, there's a thrill. I'd rather do that and play sports. Amen? I'd rather hold a street meeting and be in the Super Bowl. We need to reach people and reach them where they are. You know, they're not out in the steps tonight and, and the pastor's out there. Oh, 
Pastor Montoro, what must I do to be saved? You're going to go out and drag them in, so to speak, or get them saved and let them come in. Amen? That's what you're here for, to serve the Lord. <laughs> the motive is to love people. Have a devotion for God. And glorify God in your ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ. Your ministry in this church. You know that everybody has a ministry? <clears throat> now, we, everyone says, well, who's pastor of uh, Open Bible, Open Door Bible Baptist Church? I'll get it straight before we're done here tonight. You know, when you get old and senile, it's a little difficult. But he's the pastor, but he's not the church. Everyone has a ministry here of some kind or another. Nursery workers, God bless them. I hope we have enough of them that they don't have to put me in there. But, but seriously, it's a great ministry. We have all have a ministry. And you need to pray to God what's your ministry. And love your ministry. Love what God's given you to do. And use it for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. Love people. Care for people. And do what needs to be done. And, I'm, and our, uh, our sermons and our, our messages and the things that we do, we do it to reach people. And you know, there are different gifts. There are preachers and there are teachers. You know, uh, no, let's go over to Ephesians. Let's go over to Ephesians a little bit. That's a good book to go to. Let's go to Ephesians, the uh, uh, <clears throat> fourth chapter. Uh, is that what I want, the fourth chapter? Oh, yeah, the fourth chapter. Let's go to the fourth chapter and uh, uh, verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Who is it say? Does it say, but to every preacher is given grace according? Does it say that? What does it say? Us. Every one of us. And, and so uh, is given grace according to the measure of the gift. Wherefore he said when he ascended on high and led captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men. And now he that ascended, uh, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower part of the earth. Talking about Jesus. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above the all heavens that he might, fulfill, uh, might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some past prophets, some past, some evangelists, some uh, pastors and teachers. Now, why? For the perfecting of the saints, or the building up of the saints, or the completing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. So Pastor Montoro goes over to a conference that he can learn how he may perfect you in a more effective way. You got it? Then it goes on, uh, why does he perfect you? What does it say? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That henceforth we be no more children tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. And the cunning of craftiness, whereby we lie in wait to be uh, uh, to deceive, but speak the truth in love, and may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And then it talks about. Well, let me read the next couple. For whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which also joint supplieth, according to the effectual working 
of the measure of every part, making the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. All right. I tell you what I want you to do. I want all of you to hold your hand out just like this. Just hold your hand out. Now I want you to wiggle your hands. Okay. You can take them down now. The body worked, didn't it? Suppose you had a crippled hand. Be tough. And I've known, I've known folks that have had physical problems. We are a body. And sometimes our body has crippled hands. And, and we can't do what we want to do. When you get older, you'll learn about some of those things. It comes with time. And God needs this body working together. And there are things that you can do in this body that Pastor Bontoro can't do, that Mrs. Uh, Sister Montero can't do. There's things that you can do better than anybody else. And God made you better than anybody else to do certain things. God can use you. You've got to let him. And so uh, we see uh, the, the, uh, uh, what we have. We have preachers. We have teachers. We have Sunday school teachers. We have, we have nursery workers. We have uh, people that do various things by the church because they love God and want to serve him. And so what, uh, and what are some of the ways uh, to reach people and to help people? Well, you know something? Uh, and, the, and the methods we use, the, the, the things we use, uh, to reach people. There are a lot of things. You have big days, right? You have Friends Sunday. I don't know if you have Friends or Fantastic Sunday or, or some days. I use, I've done them all. We used to have Kite Sunday uh, in March. We always hit when the, and I, where every kid that come to Sunday school would get a kite. They don't fly kites in New York City, do they? Anyone fly kites in New York? No one flies kites in New York City. I, uh, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. I used to drive up uh, uh, the Belt Parkway when I was pastoring out on Long Island. And I drive up there, and on that, they're flying kites all over there. They do have fly kites, do you? Go fly a kite, you know. <laughs> there you go, fly a kite. But seriously, we, do, we use a lot of things. I used to have goldfish, Sunday. Give every kid to come to Sunday school a goldfish. I've even heard guys that swallowed them. I, I wasn't about to, but, you know. Uh, but we have different things. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But how are we going to reach people? Well, first of all, a survey was taken. And I don't know if I told you this the last time I preached that in a, in a, in a, in a message. But uh, 1% of the people come to a church because of visitation, soul and visitation, 1%. 1% comes to revival campaigns. You have a, uh, uh, someone come in like uh, Brother Marshall come in and hold a meeting or, or Brother Clayton come in and hold a meeting. And uh, uh, 1% come in there. 2% come in because of the, uh, they have a spiritual need. You know, uh, but boy, they, they, their wife's about to shoot them. Uh, they're having trouble with their kids. And a spiritual need helps them. And, you know, sometimes when people have a spiritual need, they look for help and they come to the church. I had a man this morning, a friend of mine, and uh, he, he came to me. This morning, and I, we, I, I was, I every once in a while go down to the waterfront. There's a bunch of old men hanging around there. And I'm, I'm getting and said, well, I got to go. I got to go to work. And I said, I got to go to New York today, and I got a lot of things to do. And I started, this guy I said, let me walk you to your car. And we walked out of the car, and he had some real problems. He has a son that's got some problems and some difficulties. And by, by the way, do you have that program where they help people that are addicted? You don't? Okay. 
uh, and his, his son's got a problem, and he wanted someone to talk to, and I befriended him. That's how you reach people. You witness to them, and then you, you, you befriend them. You, you witness to them, and, if, and then have opportunity that you can help him. Some come to the church because of a spiritual need, 2%. Uh, 2% come in because uh, they walk by or they walk in. Let's say someone runs up, what is this, 35th Street? Every day they go to 35th Street and they drive up there. They look over and they say to their buddy, you know, I may go to that church some Sunday. And some Sunday they walk in, 2%. 4% come in because of some of the programs. You're giving goldfish to the kids. And the preacher's going to swallow one live, you know. Goldfish Sunday. Uh, 5% because of Sunday school teachers and bus workers and various people invite them to come in. Then, but here, here we're going to get high, some high numbers. 6% come in because of the pastor and pastoral visit. See, but, uh, Brother Montoro, you can do the most. But, now that's 21%. Now we've got another 75, 79%. 79% are in a church. This survey was taken. We're in a church because of the people of the church befriended them, witnessed to them, won them to Christ. And after they won them to Christ, they, uh, they disciple them. The preacher's not the only one to disciple people. Sometimes people need a friend in the church, someone they can go to, a mentor, so to speak. And they're there because a friend, relative, co-worker, someone that befriended them and encouraged them in a time of need. And that's important, isn't it? That's you. 79%. Preacher's only got 6%. He's the top dog of the rest of them. And that's your responsibility. The way we reach people is important. And you know, I'm going to get to another point. Your church is not lacking in this next point. As a matter of fact, your church is one of the best in the area. The music of the church. The songs of the church. Uh, you know, the songs of the church. The music tonight. Good music. I go to churches, and they don't even have a piano. How many piano players we got here? How many people play the piano? All right. Yeah, yeah you, you can raise your I know she plays the piano. You know what? I wish I had learned to play the piano. You know, these, some of these churches I go to, they don't have a piano player. And they get these rinky-dink machines. You ever try to sing one of those things, Pastor? They're useless. You know, you bring your own piano player. But they're useless. I mean, it's going along. It's either going so fast you can't keep up with it, or it's rotten slow. You're, you're, you think you're in a, in a morgue. Isn't it good to have a good piano player that goes along with the congregation? The music. And the right kind of music. Church I go, I, I, I'm, trying to help, I'm trying to help a church in New Jersey. I was there, and a couple of Sundays ago, I didn't have a Sunday morning service. I preached there once a month, and sometimes uh, I'm a very poor church member. Yeah, very poor. I'm on the road all the time. But I went there, and they had this music group. And I'll tell you, it, it was borderline. Uh, not what I like. I mean, it was way, it was, and I saw the past, I told the pastor. I didn't tell, I went to the pastor. I said, you better watch that stuff. It's going to get out of hand. And I prayed about it. They, there was a new family that came to the church. Our pastor, 
He's going to be 70 years old, but he's only got five years' experience. In the, and he's a good man. He's a great Bible teacher. I mean, a good teacher of the Word. Uh, but, he, you know, he needs, some, he needs some experience. And I said to him, I said, we, you better watch that. That's going to get out of hand. And uh, we had a family, new family come to the church, and I prayed about it. And the guy, he's going to play, this guy that played the play there, they had a guitar, because we don't have a piano player. We got some stupid machine. And uh, uh, he's, he's got this guitar that he plays. And uh, uh, he, someone asked him playing some praise band. What's a praise band, Pastor? Can you enlighten me? A praise band. I've been going to church. For, they got, you know, some kind of, yeah. And I said, forget it. Uh, if it goes on, I'm out. Yeah, you know, I'm going to get in a church where the music's good, where they sing the old-fashioned songs that are biblical. And I, th- we got, I think we got things squared away. You know, you got to get a little nasty sometimes, a little firm. But I think we got to get things. You got to do things right. Music of the church, and then the people of the church. The people of the church make all the difference in the world. You know what I like tonight when I came here. Everyone come. Good to see you, Brother Horton. You, when you see someone new, go up and say, it's so good. And you, you, uh, some of you may be shy. You know, big mouths like me, I mean, I meet everybody. Hey, how are you? Good. But some people are shy. If you're shy, just walk up to people as nice as you can say, my name is, my name is whatever. And I, I, it's so good to see you in our church. And, and so good to see you in our church. And, and, and talk with them a little bit and, and uh, let them talk to you. And, you know, and sometimes you run into someone that's a talker. Quiet people have an advantage over us big mouths. You know that. And just let people know you're glad to see them in church. You say, well, a preacher will do that. You know what people think? He's getting paid to do it. But you, you, be, be friendly. And this church is a friendly church. You need to look around and see what you've got and praise God for it. Amen? Amen. And, and, and so you are the people of the church that need to reach people and teach people. The greatest organization in the world is the local church. It's not the United States government. It's not some uh, uh, the moose or the elks or some club. It's not the country club. It, the greatest thing, the greatest... The greatest work in Queens, New York, is Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Right? Did I get the right name? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. The pastor comes to close in the invitation or however he closes his Wednesday night service. We ask him to encourage him and, and encourage the people. There may be someone here that says, you know, I, I love this church. I, I come regularly. But, you know, I, I don't really have anything to do. I just come, sit down, hear the message, drop my dollar in the offering plate and, and go home or whatever you uh, do. I want to become part of it. I want to become an intricate part of the ministry of Open Door Bible Baptist Church of Astoria. Maybe some need to come to the altar. There may be someone here that's never trusted you as a savior. We preach the message to the to the believer, but I mean to the uh, to the believer. But Father, there may be someone here that needs to trust you as their savior. They're not sure they're going to heaven, and we realize your word says these things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. If there's any that need to come, may they come as the preacher gives the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
というのは